Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, a short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and this year I've been spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, and video releases. Joining me each episode has been my longtime friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Greetings, Mr. Harbin. How's your Christmas shopping doing? It's, it's going well. I just did the most Canadian shopping trip ever. Oh, yeah? I went... Went to the Tim Hortons? Well, I did, but first... Oh. I went to Canadian Tire. Yeah, good. Did you spend any of your Canadian Tire money? I used all my Canadian Tire money. That's awesome. And you... And nearly got my stuff for free. Do you do the digital Canadian Tire money? Or yeah. do you still have the... Any I, of the... Unfortunately, it's digital, and I forgot to use the five cents... The five cent bill that bill you have? that yeah. I had in my pocket. I could have used that, too. And I bought... 80 kilograms of driveway salt. Nice. You have a long driveway. I do have a long driveway. A long, steep driveway. And like, I just thought the Australian listeners might find it strange. I bought 80 <laughs> kilograms of salt. Uh, and For I, your Christmas shopping. For my Christmas shopping. Because, <laughs> you know, we're going to have Christmas guests over. That's right. And you got to have your driveway well, well salted. salted. Seasoned. Yeah, well seasoned. Uh, and I also got the windshield wiper fluid. Yeah. Minus 45 Celsius. Minus kind. 45, because yeah. normally it's just minus 40. That's right. So this is the good stuff. Yeah. Down to minus 45. Blue or purple? This is the yellow stuff. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. It's that's like what the, the truckers gold, use. It's the golden stuff. <laughs> yeah. The truckers yeah. use. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really good. And then, yes, I went across the road from the Canadian Tire to the Tim Hortons. Yep. And got a couple gift cards. Great. Uh, for the kids' uh, teachers. Very good. Yep. Uh, and uh, got myself a coffee while I was at it. Very nice. Yeah, it, it would be a double double. The cows got us again. <laughs> the cows. <laughs> I like those stealth cows that sneak <laughs> up on us. And I thought I'd gotten rid of them, but I guess yeah. I left one, so I, I could. I like how I wasn't. It. I wasn't surprised at all that time. <laughs> Make sure you leave them in, eh? Okay, I'll leave that cow in this time. Yeah, okay. So according to the survey, people don't like our banter. No. (laughs) So that's pretty awesome. Uh, That's not true. Oh, and then I went straight home to make it more Canadian and listened to the cricket match going on at the WACA, where Australia is now just probably one session away from winning the Ashes. I was going to ask, how has the Ashes Cup been going? Yeah, the Ashes Cup, Australia has won. There's five matches total. Yeah. Are where, those called tests? Yeah, each one's a test match. Okay. They're five days long each. And they are nearing the end. They're on, about to start day five of yep. the third match. Australia's yep. won two already. So they win this one, best out of five. It's best out of five. They've won it already. They take the yep. wickets home. That's right. And they, away you're done. And they wave the Ashes Cup all around. They tip it yep. out. Oops. <laughs> no, they don't do that. And amazingly, this is the WACA. I've been to the WACA. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the WACA is. That's right. Well, I, it's like the it Western like, okay. Australia cricket association i think yeah they're ground yeah and this is a very old they're oval they're oval hey okay. see i know just, some things yeah and it's just about to be retired like clo- mm. like i assume it'll still be there but no longer will the top tier matches there's a new 
okay. uh, arena, a uh, new cricket arena, Darren. Do they really call them arenas? No, they don't call them arenas. It's a novel. I did that for you, yes. The grounds. The grounds, yeah. Yes. So they're building new ones. So anyway, this is the last time. So it looks like for the final top tier, like first class yeah. cricket match ever at the WACA, yeah. it will be Australia winning the Ashes. Now you've just jinxed it. Congratulations, Australia, for your cricket prowess. Yes. Well done. You sure show me those British people. Enjoy drinking the champagne out of, out of the cup. The Ashes Cup. <laughs> I started saying, this is the part of the show that survey listeners like the least. It's not that they dislike it, but as far as yeah. lots of people giving it top marks, there's fewer tip-top marks. Yeah, I, I know. But that's and, okay. and yet, this it's was real gold. Us. Please leave all this in because oh, yeah. this this is quality stuff. Just because people say they don't like it, that means that we're going to change or anything. Like no, that. of you course know, not. This is what we do. Yeah, yeah. Darren mostly did that survey just so he could laugh at people. Like he, in fact, he wanted to annoy more listeners, and now he has the information this necessary is how we're to do, do that. Yeah, Mister Harbrin, yes. we've been listening to two thousand and ones Capricornia. Actually, it is a two thousand two release. I know it says 2001 all over, but it didn't come out until February 2002. But yes, it was all recorded during 2001. As far as business as usual goes, yeah. Man Alive did you and I, we were still totally messed up on what was going on when we were down in Minneapolis in oh, 2001. Yeah. We, st- we still had no clue. We've been corrected multiple times. On the same mistake. On the same mistake. And we keep doing the same. This yep. is... This is called Middle Age. <laughs> Not the Golden Age. No, this isn't the Golden Age. Everyone's talking about the Middle The Middle Age. Middle Age. So, in case you don't remember what Capricorni the album sounds like, by way of reminder, here we go. Listen with Rihanna. Yep. And 
She likes how crisp this album is. Mm-hmm. How it's both seems really clean and somehow distorted at the same time. Like the distortion itself is is crisp. crisp. Yeah, it's I, a real. I know what she means. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not like, it's not a muddy sounding album at all. Things yeah. aren't bleeding into each other. Like, this guitar doesn't bleed into the bass, doesn't bleed into the drums, vocals, other guitar, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of got, uh, engineering wise, it's very proficient. Mm. Yeah. And there's distortion, it's not only guitar distortion, interestingly, there's vocal distortion quite a few times. Yeah. And it's a lot more noticeable. You'd think that Redneck Wonderland, dare I say this? Redneck Wonderland has this reputation for this being this harsh album and and all that. But interestingly, this album seems to have more screaming, more distorted vocals. Hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I guess I've never really thought about that. It's my proposition. See if you agree by the end. Sounds good. One other thing. Is there one album, previous album, that Capricornia reminds you of? If you had to choose one. And you might have if to I, fo- yeah. focus on a particular element. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember you talking about last time the whole sense of place that you get out of a lot of the the songs that find their influence taken from the novel. You know, that makes me think of more like a place without a postcard type yeah. thing. Um, you know, the sing-along stuff. Could be Diesel, could be Blue Sky Mine. Um, just the general grooviness and the drums remind me of Earth and Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like they're taking the best of elements from a bunch of different albums and saying, you know, this we really did this well on this album. Let's not forget to do this on Capricorn. And this album, you know what we did really well? We yeah. did this. I agree with that. And I, I've been focusing on the guitar tones on this album a lot. Okay. And they really remind me of... Blue Sky Mining. Okay. The clean Jangling. guitar tones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of very similar guitar tones and even, I think, borrowed riffs, but we'll get to those oh, particular neat. things. Yeah. yeah. And a way, I feel like this album musically mm-hmm. is what Blue Sky Mining could have been mm-hmm. had they not been so muddled down in that slow, sloggy stuff. Everybody's talking about it Everybody's talking about the Golden Age. I got a quote from Pete about this song. Okay. He says, there's a sweet swing and zing to Golden Age. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So they they chose Golden Age as the single. Yep. But failed to get radio play for it. Oh. And there's a little, uh, Mark Dodson's book, little comment here. Uh, one company called Clear Channel owns over 1,000 radio stations and mm-hmm. two-thirds of concert venues. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're very powerful. Midnight Oil was a long shot. Golden Age, the new single, didn't fit the list of acceptable criteria for a start. It had a scream in it. Huh. And apparently they got a call from one of the cool radio markets and they said, we'll never play this song. We can't deal with the scream. Really? David Frick. Yeah. We've heard of him. Yeah, from Rolling Stone magazine. So he says the audience wasn't resistant to it. The audience hadn't even heard the song. This was all about micromanaged radio. He says because the world gets smaller with communication, controlling them becomes much more important. Mm. So they play an eight-second lick from a song over the phone to people as part of focus research. Yeah. And say, do you like that or you don't like it? 
And so they played the scream, apparently. Really? At these survey people. They didn't like it. And they didn't like being screamed at, I guess, especially if it's just, that's the eight seconds they chose instead of like the hook. Yeah. So there you go. As far as like drum sounds go, and and this maybe is like in general for the album, Rob has got some real nice, warm, gentle tones going on on his drums. You don't have those high ringing snare sounds that you would sometimes have. Um, It's not necessarily that dry sound that that I often comment on. Yeah. Just just some nice, good, full, round tones, both on the snare and on his toms. I think there's a one or two little garbage can crashes in the album, but... um, yeah, I, I like the song opens with the jangly electric guitar riff. Sounds yeah. like a 12-string to me. It is, and, and we see yeah. in the video, we see Jim playing a 12-string electric, the interview. Right, the, the little six-minute, yeah. the making of, the making of video. mini documentary. Yeah, now you talked about the drums, mm-hmm. the bass on this whole album. Great bass. Yeah, is extremely, Bones is on his game, Yep, and I think for once... That guy... Warren is letting him do what yeah. he does well. Yeah, Warren... Because I've heard Warren's a bass player. And hmm. I think that... How does that explain the really lame bass that Diesel, Blue Sky Mining mm-hmm. had? And you know what? Even Redneck Wonderland, I'm going hmm. to say the bass is not that great mm-hmm. on those three hmm. Warren albums. Okay. Finally, he got it right. Yeah. And I don't know. He just let Wayne go for it. Yep. Oh. Bones, just let Bones go for it. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really driving, lots of sliding around. And I think during that mini documentary, we're told that Martin is in like the left speaker. Yeah. And Jim is in the right speaker. I guess the point is, it's as I start analyzing the song. Yeah. Okay. And again, they do the trick where as soon as Pete starts singing, what do they do? What's the, the classic oils trick? Just bass and drums stay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody else drops out, so it's yep. Pete, bass, and drums. And yep. they do that in this song, too. Yep. They're going for all the all the hits. All the hits. The golden harmonies come in with the big sing-along chorus. And uh, there's all kinds of variety throughout the album where Jim and Martin are doing arpeggios. They're kind of repetitive riffs. Mm-hmm. And then they'll suddenly mix it up and throw a weird chord in. They'll yes. switch to... Oh, good. Because I think I've noticed a couple of these, and I want to ask you about them later yeah. on, but nothing for this song in particular. Okay. Yeah, there's one like at 132 uh, where they switched an interesting chord instead. The bass gets all kinds of little melodic and turnaround bits, and uh, there's a good one at 215. Okay. Then that yeah. bridge comes. Yes. Purple patch of jacaranda. Jacarandas. It builds up at the end of that bridge. Yep. There's the to the big. There's there's the build up. There's the drum fill. There's the bass doing its bit, and then Pete's big scream. I put in capital letters. It almost be like you know, like a documentary or like a little movie. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Pete screaming. Let's hear it. Yeah, that's a shame that they used that as their little test clip, because it's a great part of the song. Yeah. You know, in some ways, it's the it's the best part of the song, because it's the nice build-up, but if you just hear yeah. that, it's like, oh, it's just this guy screaming. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, it's like the payoff 
yeah. after yeah. everything. But this is yeah. it's such a nice, jangly, melodic, sing-along song to yeah. characterize it as, oh, we can't play that because of this. It's a screamy song. Yeah, oh, we're, never gonna, we're never going to play that. And there's a, a great bass bit under the scream. Too, yes, there is. At yep. three minutes. Yep. So. Yeah. So that's it for the song. Lyrics. This is a Garrett Hurst Magini song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were discussing last weekend when we were sitting around that basically everything is a Magini song. Yeah. And, and about half he did with Rob and about half with Pete. Yep. For that, adjusting that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Now, here's something interesting. Did you catch this in one of the documentaries that I was watching or one of the videos that I was watching? Um, Pete was talking about how they kind of put this song together. I guess Jim had his this song, but it needed some, or it got some heavy editing perhaps with Pete and Rob. And um, Pete was saying that he was talking about inserting into the song Golden Age what that Golden Age could be. It's almost like they were trying to insert some meaning into the song after the fact. So I wonder if maybe Jim originally came with much more of a, a Capricornia influenced song. And then after, after the fact, the guys came along and, and they turned it into more of this, a thing, a song that, that reminds me of other oils type songs, you know, maybe this was going to be the single. So they were trying to, to make it a little bit more friendly that way. That's totally true. I think I have a little reference in the book here. Sure. Capricornia started life in Jim's head as a musical interpretation of the relatively dark Xavier Herbert novel of the same name, yeah. part soundscape, part concept album, but the urge from the others to play to the band's strengths mm. with pop hooks, yep. rock and roll guitars, and accessible contemporary lyrics left some of Jim's more radical ideas, if not his melodies, behind. Mm. So yeah, that was the idea that they really pulled it back. Jim had all these Capricornia songs, but, you know, he's willing to work with the guys oh, yeah, to, sure. to make it more accessible. And I think we were talking, I was asking at the end of uh, last week when we were chatting, you know, how much Capricornia, the novel, do you think managed to work its way into the songs? And I think that you're pegging it around, you know, six or so, a little over half the songs. And I yeah. think it's probably around, you know, somewhere between around that, maybe two thirds ish or so Yeah. as well. As far as what we think the song is about. Now, do you remember uh, our friend James... Oh yeah, that's had right. He had he had about, three things: uh, Golden Age, Too Much Sunshine, and I think it was one, two, and four. Okay, Lurch Away. Okay, so Golden Age was that yep. the Christmas song? That's right. So, do you remember this song? Do you hear, hear what, what I hear? Yeah. So, do you know anything about that song? I looked. Into... I don't know. Okay. Well, I I know a little bit about it, but yeah, I didn't look it up. I'm sorry, James. So I'm glad that you've done your homework. Yeah. So remember when you're voting for your favorite couch sitter, (laughs) who takes care of you. Yeah. And and I I took care of all of uh, James' requests there. So Do You Hear What I Hear is a Christmas song written in October 1962 with lyrics by Noel Regney and music by Gloria Shane Baker. That's a very Christmassy name. Yeah, isn't it? And they were a married couple at this time. And apparently, normally, Noel wrote the music and Gloria wrote the words. Mm -hmm. And they swapped it around for this one. Like they were this husband-wife songwriting duo. But they did their opposite job. Uh, But it was written October 62. Do you know what the big world event at that time was? Bay of Pigs? Oh, 
Bay of Pigs. The Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, Darren, the Cuban Missile Crisis. This nuclear okay. thing was totally on people's mind. This, yeah. These were some hippies. Yeah. Right in the song. Oh, neat. Yeah. So everything, uh, do you see, do you hear what I hear yeah. is one of the verses. Yeah. Do, you do you see, see what, what I, I see? see? Yeah. Uh, then there's two other verses. Do, do you, you know, know what, what I, I know? know? Oh, look at I've, I've, you I do don't know, know what this. number four is, though. Yeah, and the last one is kind of cheating. Listen to what said the king to oh, the yeah. people everywhere. Listen to what I say. Yeah. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Yeah, and that was right. heavily totally influenced. Hippie. Yeah, it was totally yeah. hippie. It's neat to think of that song with the whole Cuban Missile Crisis background. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it really did influence it. So it's interesting... At first, I thought, nah, what what would this have to do with it? Uh, but I like how it's a Christmas song, and here we are one week away from Christmas right. as we're recording this. After all, it's only one more week till Christmas. <laughs> That's from the Muppet Christmas Carol, the best Christmas movie out there. Right on. I can imagine the Do You Hear What I Hear takes on a lot more of an oils-like Sure aura yeah uh yeah. thinking of it as being a kind of like a protest song yeah and a, a peace song yeah, so that's I, neat james yeah so anyway well done yeah i i don't know how deliberate the reference was but tell me what you see tell me what you hear that that's right so yeah. in in golden age it's repeated a few times tell me what you see tell me what you hear yeah and then in this yeah uh song do you see what I see? Yeah. Do you hear what I hear? That's neat. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I don't That's know cool. if there's anything, you know, it might, it might have been a, yeah. a vague reference. Could have been, could have been. Yeah. I was kind of getting a, a whole media versus nature vibe from this song. Yeah. The overall meaning, definitely. Because like that opening line, right? Yeah. The, the screens the, are filled with heroes and losers. The sky is still filled with stars. stars. And, and the way he says it, eh? And of course, that could be stars, like the stars twinkling up in the sky, but it could also be hearkening back to the previous line, you know, like media stars, stars of the silver screen. Yeah, I I think it is just like... I think it is too. The wonder of nature and so on. But it's it's a good use of the word because, you know, you can see it in, in both contexts. But yeah, I think it's definitely like reality tv and uh yeah that i think wasn't reality yep, tv really becoming be a thing, thing then yep, yeah for sure yeah and the second verse is about this the channel surfer yep. as well yep so yes it, it is it's it's tv it's media yep so what do you yep. figure the golden age is i think it's being like ironic or something like yep. I, I, yeah i don't think it's yep. saying we really are in a golden age i totally get that too i was wondering if maybe he was kind of getting at the turning away from that kind of um, media influence, go, getting getting back to nature, getting back to your old hippie self, trying to find that sweet release. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's kind of like, you know, you've got an opportunity to turn away from this kind of stuff or to, to not let it occupy so much of your attention. You can, you can turn up and see the stars as well. What I really liked, I, I love the line that you were talking about earlier. Um, I can see a purple patch of jacaranda framed in eucalypt from this wooden floored veranda. Yeah. Okay. Now I know I'm reaching for this. Yeah. This is my Capricornia influence. Oh, okay. So there are a lot of verandas. A lot of stuff happens on verandas in the Xavier Herbert novel. Yes. Capricornia. Um, in particular, Red Ochre. Uh, the ranch that the that Oscar Schillingworth uh, runs for a while, Norman comes and, and works on. 
they have their back veranda and a lot of stuff goes on on the back veranda and often that's where the the black um aborigines um hang out you know they're not allowed in the house and stuff like that so yeah well yeah i was also thinking of veranda but the one that came to my mind is when muttonhead yep brought no name yep, totally. to oscar for the first time yes but they weren't at red ochre yet were they wasn't that no they might have been at the poundamore's ranch and he was telling muttonhead go around back he meant to the back veranda, mm-hmm. but Muttonhead went around outside and this big storm was coming and he was like trying to hide under this tree or something oh, like yeah, way out. That's right, that's he right. felt bad that yeah. yeah, Muttonhead didn't assume to come into the house. Yeah. And I think at one point when Norman comes back from being out in the bush, either from not being out on walkabout or from another time when he was <laughs> out and about uh, chasing guys through the, the bush at one point. He comes back to town to Port Zodiac and he's hanging out. He's not at the hotel, but he went somewhere else to get some food and he got fed, but he got fed on the back, out in the back uh, porch on the back veranda right. as well. So In Australia, verandas are, are a real thing. Houses in the country will have this like wraparound, mm-hmm. screened in yep. veranda, but it goes right around the full house. Eh? Oh yeah, have, right have, on. You've seen this before? Or no, something? It just, no, I haven't. Yeah, to, to me, it's really neat. Like it's, it's you'll have like two, three, even all four sides yeah. of veranda and yep. then the house inside. And yeah. it's all... That's probably similar to what you might see in like a southern plantation and stuff like that, where you have your house and you have that porch that goes all the way around. In the original Mad Max movie, uh, just before <laughs> Max's family gets killed on him, they're staying at this house and it's like that with the veranda right around yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a neat line. <laughs> it evokes the novel and it's just a great rhyme. Yeah. Jacaranda, veranda. Veranda, it yeah. is great. Golden Age is in B flat minor, and that's Rihanna's favorite key. Why does that matter? Is Well, the next song is in B minor. Okay. And there's a little bit of an ascension thing going on. Yeah. Uh, after the last two albums being... E two, minors, G minors, yeah. B flat. No, lots of B minors, lots but not B, minors. B flats. Okay. So it was kind of nice to have a song B flat minor. Oh, there you go. Instead. Okay. Drop it down, a semitone. You were dreaming on the meters with a crown. You were king for a day. Too much sunshine. Very toneful kick drum on this one, oh. especially in the beginning. Can I play a little bit of yeah. it? I, I don't think that you're actually going to hear it too much through this no i'm not but yes a very toneful kick drum yeah it's just got a nice sound it almost it almost sounds gated to me it's here and it trails off but then it stops it, it but it's not a harsh gate like we've heard back in like red sales 1098 era but it comes in it's toneful and it's gone. It's well separated, like you were talking about earlier, right. all the other instruments. Are. Yeah, the, the whole album is engineered very well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I guess the reason why it matters about that left ear, right ear business right. is because for this album, we could almost be certain who's mm-hmm. playing what. And mm-hmm. so Jim plays that opening riff, Yep, the drums join in, and then... We see in the uh, the video included on the disc... Um, yeah. Jim's playing one of those solid uh, body, I think it's a Gibson SG. It's kind of got the two little horns on it. Right. So yeah. maybe he's playing that. And when the vocals come in, mm-hmm. uh, this time they drop to drums and guitar. Yeah. So there's still no bass. Yeah. 
Um, and Pete's voice is distorted in this one. You noticed yeah, that, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Martin and Bones comes, come in together about 30 seconds in. It's got suddenly the whole full band is there. Yep. I believe that's on the, and we do the same things that we always yes, do. Yep. But if you listen closely, there's a neat little organ that's in there too. It's this really kind of creepy. Well, we do the same things that we always do. Nothing changes but the color changes you. I don't come to bury you. Jim's kind of choosing kind of creepy chords in there too. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, and it's, it's, not... it's, it's a little bit higher up too. Yeah. yeah, it's not like one of these rumbly low organs. Yeah. Or and... grinding organ. Yeah, and he chooses interesting chords. Yep. Uh, it's almost emphasize. like he's walking up, too, as he's playing them, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And then that loud wall of distorted guitars come in for the for chorus. The too eh? much yeah. sunshine. It's huge, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. This is this enormous. It's nutty. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is like taking the best of Redneck. Yeah. And packaging it in a way that... An eight-second clip over the phone might not make you turn it off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't find as full force as that is, it's very pleasing Yeah, to me. Yeah, it's not over those harsh loops. Everything else is more rounded and mm-hmm. normal. And, yep. Yeah. And then uh, after that chorus, catchy chorus with the wall of guitar... It drops right back down again, and they kind of build the song up again, the same way the intro yes. does. Yep. At 123 and 135, there's this neat roar, swelling sound. Okay. It sort of sounds like a, I don't know, like a car driving by or a... Yeah, I totally know what you're talking about yeah. there. I think that might be Bones. Uh, like singing. Yeah. Yeah, with some real heavy effects some on Some sort him. of effect, like an yeah. echo or a delay. Well, it's, it sounds to me like, what is that natural for not when, like, a car... Doppler, it's the called Doppler, the Doppler effect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like they've artificially made a Doppler effect on Bones singing. Yeah. I'll see what I can do to make Doppler effect on your voice there. You got to pan it. Yeah. Coming right up about two minutes, 156. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the extra couple bars of drums? And then Pete And then Pete goes, hey. Yes. And then the chorus happens. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then at about two twenty six, yep, is when Jim does this mini guitar solo. Yeah, he's got he's got this little guitar solo going, and and that's where I've got the little drum break in front of that as well. There's a guitar solo. And, yeah. Yeah. And leading into that is Rob's nice little, just a little set of drum fills. Yeah. Did you notice at 305, they go to the chorus, but for one time they don't do the wall of distorted guitars and then they repeat the chorus and hit with you with the, it again. Okay, cool. Yeah. 317. Do they do a key change? answer is yes but it's not the key change you expect 
It's okay. actually going back to the old key. Okay, so they've already gone up. They were up in E minor for a while, apparently. And now they've dropped back down to... Yeah, now they go back to B minor. You're so clever. That's what Rihanna says. What do you think about that ending? I like the ending. It's like everyone kind of comes together and they kind of play like the same descending line all yeah. at the same bit there. And then the absolute ending. Yeah, isn't it just like a Tom hit? It all kind of comes down and it's like, Tom. I never hear the end of that song because the Tom hit is generally where I total my car. That's right. So, yeah, this is the story that you've been holding off on telling. Yeah, I totaled my car while listening to Too Much Sunshine, probably like February the 21st, two days after I bought the album. Oh, boy. I was down in the States. Yep. Picked up the album in Duluth, Minnesota, on my way down to Minneapolis for a few days on the weekend. Yep. Was driving back Sunday night. Yep. In a snowstorm. Yeah, Feb- February roads are hazardous in northern Ontario. Well, this was northern Minnesota on the lake on right. the shores of Lake Superior. Yeah. In a snowstorm, there were one, two, three. There were four cars that drove down and came back from Thunder Bay down to Minneapolis. It's like a back. caravan. That's right. So, Tom was smart. He stayed in Duluth on Sunday night, had a good steak dinner at the <laughs> at the restaurant, and got a hotel room. <laughs> Kent, you know Kent. I know Kent. Kent actually made it home. Safely. Safely. Good for Kent. Kent, you know what, Kent's a good driver. Kent is is one of Canada's finest these days. Yeah, he is. Um, But man, he's he's a bit of a driver, but he made it home. Um, Becky and Pam, they put it in the ditch. (laughs) Me and Dave were cresting a hill and going around the corner, and the back end got away. And never really quite got it back under control. Dave was almost sleeping to too much sunshine. I woke him up as we were going backwards down the highway. <laughs> I said... Because you had done a 180? I had done a 180 at this point, And then the rear end of my car was going, leading us down the highway. Lake Superior, quite frigid in February, off... Off to the side of down, the highway down there. Because it was like you're up on yep. a cliff, basically, near we're, the cliff. We're on a rise beside, yeah. the, beside the lake. Woke up Dave. I said something to the effect of, you're going to want to be awake for this. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to alarm you, yeah, but... Not to alarm you. I think we're about to have an accident. Yeah. And um, there are like wooden guard posts on a guardrail along yeah. the side. And so ended up taking out uh, 13 of the wooden posts. Didn't go into the lake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totaled the car. Yeah. Listening to too much sunshine. Yeah, too much sunshine in February. In a snowstorm Hurtling, on the shores of Lake Superior. Hurtling backwards at about 90 kilometers an hour. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't 90 kilometers an hour. I'm sure it was It was 55 or, or lower, whatever that translates into. That 90 kilometers okay, an hour. Okay, there you go. Yeah, 55 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the speed limit was. <laughs> if you were doing exactly <laughs> it. Yep. Yep. And as we were listening to this album the last couple of weeks, like yeah. we had the big snowstorms and the roads were icy. 
Yeah. And I'm driving along yeah. in. Okay, so this was also a relatively brand new Volkswagen yes, that I bought. It was very you know, new. The last couple of weeks, I've been also driving my very brand new Volkswagen <laughs> on the icy roads in Thunder Bay. Yeah. Not hurtling down the highway by the shores of Gichigumi. No. But listening to too much sunshine, thinking, man, there are too many similarities here. Yeah. I'm just going to put her back into fourth gear and take it easy. <laughs> this is what Darren has learned in the intervening 15 years or so. It's okay to slow down and drive according to road conditions. conditions yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Thanks. So Darren, finally onto the lyrics. Yes. So a little, little bit of a nod to the Beach Boys, perhaps. Yeah. Super obvious, right? Haven't had so much fun since daddy took the V8 away. I thought he took the T-Bird away. Well, that's that's right. Yeah. So the song called Fun, Fun, Fun by the Beach Boys. Mm -hmm. And she'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes the T-Bird away. Yeah. Yeah. So T-Bird is a Thunderbird. Yep. Car. Yep. Big muscle car. Big muscle car. And so the oils changed it to a V8. I guess number one to avoid getting sued. And the V8. Darren. Tell me what my favorite movie is. Oh, your favorite movie is yeah. Mad Max, The Last V8. Yeah, Max is given the keys. I didn't realize that that was the last V8. Because remember the uh, the Commodore 64 game, The yes. Last V8? Was yeah. that like kind of ripping off Mad Max? Totally. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So in Mad Max, the mechanic gives Max the keys to the V8 interceptor. And he's like, it's the last of the V8s, nice. basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I should mention that it was James, again, who asked about the Beach Boys reference there. This is not a, a very Capricornia, the novel type song. Right. Um, I think this is another one of those Australia doesn't know that they've got it so good this type is, this songs. This is lucky country yep. yet again. Yeah, with with a little bit of a twist of, of redneck, a little bit of that seeing is believing kind of vibe thrown in there too. Have you ever built a house in a town called piss it yeah, away piss it away yeah, yeah. you know it's it's just kind of got that that redneck type thing you know dreaming yeah. of marinas so you can drive your jet ski over the dugong <laughs> yeah. type thing going on yeah it is yeah it is i agree it's a breeze timorese apex speak yep where batik batik seen not heard mm-hmm. so batik i looked that up yep. and it's like a cloth yep it's kind of like hippie Hippie garb. Is it like hippie garb? I, I kind of think of it as, as hippie, I thought, black power kind of thing. Oh, okay. I looked into, I thought it was like, it's it's a type of cloth that has this wax treatment. Yeah. But I thought it would be like a traditional garb. And I kind of oh. thought the scene, scene not heard is kind of like, oh, oppress, dress up the women mm-hmm. in their batik. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I thought that... Batik was kind of like a technique to kind of do a tie-dye type um, uh, So it's just a thing. thing, you think. Okay. I, I, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Certainly a really neat way of, of getting those those syllables out. Like all, oh, all yeah. those running through there on that line is a really neat. Yeah. This is a Pete song, isn't it? This is actually Jim. Jim with, uh, and nobody else. Oh, a, a si- this solo is a, gym. This is a solo Jim song. Wow, nice. But yeah, it, it sure comes out well. Yeah. It sounds like something that's I usually attribute to Pete for stringing a bunch of words together. But mm-hmm. but maybe Pete's the one who still solves how to say this. Sure. Now, how about APAC? 
it's this Asia Pacific Economic oh, yeah. Corporation. And they're like a free trade Yeah, free body, trade zone. Though. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Little echoes of say your prayers with the... Timorese in there. Yeah. That's right. So who who's the guy with the bird in his hand? See, I think that's just another redneck. And I think having a bird in your hand is having a, a girl at your side. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. And your bird can sing? Oh, maybe, eh? Light a spark in the dark. Take a mark. It's resurrection day. Kind of wake up to what's going on type thing. Is that what you figure they're getting at with resurrection day there? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Capricornia wise, not really finding much there. No, I I didn't either. And that's okay. Okay. You know how on Breathe, it opened with two songs that weren't part of the meat Yes. Of the album. It was part of the fluffy bun. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like maybe they're doing that? Maybe for the opening, yes. These two songs, yep. yeah, are yep. kind of, let's put those songs out front. They're the yep. catchy ones. Yeah, maybe, eh? <laughs> and then now with Capricornia, we're going to go. Now we're really, we're getting into the. Here's where it begins. Xavier Herbert yeah. stuff. I, yep. I kind of wonder if it's the same pattern. Yeah, but it seems like after. Mosquito March, they take a, a little bit of a break again. With I think I've been think away and under the overpass, and then they come in, come back to finish up the album with more Capricornia yeah. influenced stuff. I agree, it's not the same at the end. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think I think you're right there. Get get a couple hits out there, and then away you go. Yep. Capricornia. Capricornia. This is like a D major song. Ooh, what an, a unique key. The oils don't do a lot in D major. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So we're, we've at least we got three songs and three keys so far. And mm-hmm. actually we'll find it's continued the ascension. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a, a Jim and Rob song. Actually, this is a Rob and Jim song. This song opens with Martin and Jim working together. Yeah. If you listen headphones, it's really clear that these are two guitars but the effect might kind of sound like just one one guitar. They're both playing their arpeggios. Mm. It's, it's used to great effect. If you listen through headphones, you'll probably hear. And interestingly, the bass gets yeah. the main riff. What a groovy song on the bass, eh? This whole song is fantastic on bass. Yeah. Bones at the top of his game. And he gets to do kind of like the lead riff, mm-hmm. so to speak, yeah. for the intro. And then as soon as the song starts, then he goes off into this other really groovy thing. He's got his slides. Then when the song starts with the vocals, the bass does this kind of cool descending boogie kind of okay. groovy bass line where it's walking down. And the guitars are doing these neat little rhythm things. They're not going continuously. They're kind of going like almost like a jump. Yeah. Wait, jump, wait. That's oh, how yeah. I, I hear it when yeah. you really listen to how interesting rhythmically the song is mm-hmm. at this point. Neat. It is catchy. In the evening, things will fall apart. They crawl away, dying in the bushes alone. In the morning, well, I see myself. They're playing electric guitars. They're playing electric bass. It yeah. doesn't sound like it's not a, a heavy electric song. No. Very um, clean. Very clean, very jangly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's nice to listen to. Yeah. 
where that bridge in the evening starts. Yeah. It suddenly jumps to the key of F. Okay. For that bridge. Yeah. And then back down to D. Okay. Now at one thirty, there's a little solo, and I think it's Martin because it's in the left ear. One of those things where it's halfway between is it a solo or is it a a riff? Is yeah, just it a, riffing around and having yeah. some fun. But yeah, just a nice melodic line there. But that is Martin. Yeah. And then there's this nice bit, which I guess I could also call a bridge, but Jim turns on his phaser. That you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, he's Jim's got that nice phasey guitar going in. I think this is just before the two minute mark. And then there's like this 15 seconds worth of yeah building up on the toms there yeah that's right yeah it's almost like a little drum solo there yeah uh it's that's under especially like father brother mother sister yeah oh yeah and then everybody drops out again and then it's just the guitars doing their thing and the bass once again Mm -hmm. gets to have its little sing song Mm -hmm. then the bass does its the intro again at about the 2.30 and then again at the three minute mark, the background vocals for the, yes. it's a free ride business. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, so they're, they've almost got like phased vocals too. Yeah. Kind of hippie. Yeah, I had down like a chorus effect or something like that, but yeah, it could be phased. I was wondering even if maybe that was Jim doing that back there. Yeah, I think Jim is one of the voices. Okay, but you there. think it's it's the guys just kind of doing doing some group vocals? That's Probably. what I thought. But yeah. 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 But yeah, they are really nice. Yeah. Uh, Capricornia. To the back of your hand. Capricornia. Capricornia. There's this interesting cycling sound at the end that might give away the chorus or the phaser effect that's used. Like where you're kind of hearing it. Yeah, you're hearing the artifacts of it after the fact. Yeah, Yeah. you hear that. Wow, 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 wow. Just very faintly in the background. Yeah. Once again, great bass line. Very catchy, hummable bass line. Probably Bone's best work on this album. Maybe ever? I don't know. It's just it's just full of fun. Yeah. It's a very fun yeah, bass line. Bones does really well on this album throughout, yeah. and this is a good example of it. Hey, do you know that we heard this summer, you and I heard one, two, three, four, five, six, six Capricornia songs this wow. summer during the Great Circle Tour. We heard The Golden Age. Yeah. And we've, we heard Capricornia as well. We heard them both in Toronto at the Danforth in the spring. Yeah. One more bass, bass oh. thing. I haven't heard a lot of Bones stories. But this is one of my favorite ones as a bassist. Yeah. Is that uh, while they were recording this album, Bones actually played his five string bass. Hmm. You might know that he usually plays a four string. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the studio, I don't know if maybe Warren convinced Bones, hey, you really got to play a five string on this one. Got to get a little bit deeper here. Yeah. Yep. We need that. And Bones is like, okay, okay, I'll play it. So he played it. He made all these bass lines for it. And I guess he really worked on these bass lines. Yeah. And then. Because he was just taking it so seriously. These you know, these are the bass lines for this album. So when they went on tour, yeah. he actually brought his five string with them. Yeah. He was playing them like perfect note for note and everything. And then his, his five string got broken or stolen or both or whatever. Anyway, he ended up not having his five string. Emergency, he had to grab his four string as his backup bass. Yeah. And then he found out nobody cared. 
Oh. Nobody cared. He played his fourth string. Nobody noticed. Even Jim didn't notice. Oh. Nobody cared that those extra notes. I'm sure you would have cared. I might have cared, but that's when Bones realized, hey, I'm just a bassist. <laughs> Nobody cares. And and then he went right back to his fourth string, never plays five string again. Ah, Yeah, that was it. That was it. Hey, Robin. Yeah. Just because I don't want to be accused of stifling you at all, yeah. would you like me to grab you a bass guitar or a, an no. acoustic or a trombone or anything no, it's, today? It's, it's fine. The, the extra workload, I, I really had thought <laughs> that I would try and play a Bones bass line or two. On the five string? On the five string. But I don't think I am oh, going to do too that. Bad. Did you notice that uh, somebody's selling a didgeridoo in Kijiji in Thunder Bay this really? week? Really? Yep. Uh, an authentic wood one, or no, just like, a bamboo one? What? Oh, ba- is bamboo not wood? Well, I guess it is. It's bamboo is like grass almost. Like it's just yeah. gigantic grass. Yeah. Where I was going, I was surprised that you said bamboo because I was expecting it to be one of those PVC, PVC ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Are... I was thinking about. Oh, I should pick up this uh, didgeridoo, bring it in, and. Hey, Robin, would you like to play the ditch tonight? <laughs> I was actually looking through, as we're switching over to lyrics now, yeah. I was looking through, um, you know, the oil rags that used to come oh, out yeah, with uh, yeah. every album? Not with every album, but kind of around the same time the oils would put out a little a newsletter. Little newsletter yeah. yeah. So I was looking around, and I noticed that back in the Redneck Wonderland days, they've got like the little profiles of all the guys. One of the things they were, they had, though, was, what's your favorite book right now? And back in the Redneck days, Jim had down that Capricornia was his favorite book at the time. Think about how far back some of these songs go. Yeah, I think a lot of these songs were in that four-year yeah. age. I, I think I heard that somewhere else, too, but that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like he, Jim had convinced at least Pete and Rob to also read the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and so they were kind of collectively. Yeah. So Capricornia um, does, I think, draw some influences from the novel of the same name. It's still not as obvious as I would like it to be. To me, it's, it's almost like how one experiences reading the novel. It, it talks about, you know, the land in a, in a broad kind of way. Um, something that confuses me is the line about, you know, I see myself as a Christ-like figure. I, I couldn't figure out what that was about. Yeah, I, I didn't either. But, I was hoping you would. But in the second part of the song where it goes, I see myself as a, was it, as a father, mother, brother, sister? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many different characters in the novel that we get to know. We get to know the father. We get to know the brother. We get to know the kind of mother figure. Um, so it's, it's almost like experiencing the novel through all these different characters. And I'm wondering if that's kind of what they were getting at. Yeah. With that part of the lyric. Basically, this is, the song is kind of about, I don't know, maybe there's a couple speakers in the song. Yep. Like the, don't show me the back of your hand. Mm-hmm. Now that's, isn't that somebody who's kind of oppressed? Isn't that? It, isn't the line, show me to the back of your, don't walk away. Show me to the back of your hand. I was assuming the don't but, is still part of that. Okay. Okay, good. Oh, what what do you think? Well, what you're saying makes a lot more sense in a simpler way than what I was trying to understand it is. Um, you know when you look at a map of Queensland? <laughs> you know when you Okay, yeah. The back of your hand yeah. could almost look like the back of it, and you know how it kind of has that little dip in there? 
Oh. Between your fingers is, and your is thumb. Is this kind of a thing where well, Queensland is referred to? I don't know as... if it's a thing or not. You were really searching for meaning well, here. No, like when I thought of that, I was thinking about Michigan. Yeah. I think Michigan is kind of a, a similar thing. They've got like the state looks like the back of a hand as well. And then they've got their upper peninsula up there. So you stick your finger across the top. Yeah. But I, was, I don't know. I just kind of immediately made that connection. I thought, oh, I wonder if that's what it's about. You know, just talking about show me to the back of your land. You know, it's kind of like the outback, way up north, up top or whatever they call it as well. So I was just thinking it was just a geographic reference, perhaps. But that's very convoluted. You've got a nice, simple way of interpreting that lyric that makes sense. Yeah, I would be surprised if any of those people would say, don't send me up here to this lousy part of the country. Was it ever implied that those people were moved to that part? Like, isn't that just where they were? So you're kind of taking this from the point of view of somebody who's up there who doesn't want to be there. No, no, I was thinking that you... We're saying that, that no. somebody's no, I don't. I, that I don't think oh, okay. so. No, don't show me to the back of your. No, see, I'm not including the don't in it, whereas you are. Oh, show me to, to the, the back. back of your hand, that place up there, Queensland. Show me. Yeah, show, show me. me the, show me there. Show me to the back of your hand. That's, that's, it... that's the geographic place. Yeah, yeah. I, wa- that... I want to go there. Oh, that's where I'm going. I'm I'm going to seek my fortune. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's oh. the land of opportunity. Okay. Fresh starts. You can make something of yourself up there. Dying in the back of your land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I'm almost certain it's, yeah, Capricorn, don't walk away. Don't show me to the back of your hand is implied, I think. And that's like giving you the, the backhand slap across the, yeah, the or head just, type Yeah, or thing. just, you know, like, yep. don't sh- don't give me the hand. Yep. Um, because Capricorn, don't leave me here dying in the back of your land. I don't think that's compatible with it being somebody, somebody who's saying that they're dying in the back of your land isn't a person who's... Who's happy to be there. Who's going, hey, show me this cool place or whatever. Well, I, I think you could have like a whole bunch of different things happening up in Capricornia, mm. you know, because we do have, you know, folks dying just out in the bush all yeah. by them, all by their lonesome, right? Yeah, it's the second so that verse. Could, that could be just another, another element of the song there. I kept thinking that this is... This is talky. This is okay. various other people who, uh, who's asking uh, Oscar for help uh, writing those those letters, trying to guilt oh, yeah. Oscar into into into, into taking care him. of his, uh, his yeah. daughter. I guess I'm just thinking that this is various characters in mm-hmm. Capricornia yep. who are oppressed or just having different experiences. Because you've you've also got you know the the people up there who are taking the free ride. You get up there, you get a job on the railroad, you get a job with the government. It's a free, it's free sailing up there. Like yeah. you can make a lot of money. Or send me doing... to prison, please. Or yeah, it, right? could, it could be something like that too. There's a number yeah. of people who are happy to go to prison. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I think there's, there's good stuff happening up in Capricornia in this song. And then there's the, there's the bad stuff. It's, it's the full spectrum of all the different characters there. And then I think we also see that in that one line, you know, yeah, father, mother, brother, sister. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been spending a lot of time on it. Sure have, Darren. But this song is just over so quick. It, yeah. it seems to me like it starts up, it gets going, and then it's done. Yeah, It's, it's like, just... man, you could keep going with this for a while. I'm Short really and getting sweet, into it. Three yeah. minutes on. Yeah. But I think they learned from Earth, Sun, and Moon, where every song seemed to be, have to be an epic five, six-minute mm. jam. But sometimes you can just... 
You can just end the song. You can just end. That's good. Yeah. I've done what I've needed to do. There's no highway to lure it away. Lure it away. Lurita. That's not Lurita. <laughs> <laughs> Lurich away? Yeah, Lurich away. Lurich away. That's roughly how Pete says it. This one really jumps in there. It does. When I was saying that Martin and Jim were working together with their shimmery arpeggios Mm -hmm. in Capricornia, they were. But this is where they're really doing it. They both have an acoustic guitar in each side. Okay. And it really combines into a really nice full... Yeah, it, it kind of sounds like one epic acoustic guitar. Yeah, they, they it's just, just blend so, so nice well. and big, yeah. and yeah. Does it almost sound a little Spanish or like sitar, like flamenco? Yeah, a little. Like, is it a little flamenco? Is it? There's definitely a kind of a swing kind of going on to this song. You know, yeah. it's it's not a real strict one, two, three, four rhythm playing throughout. Yeah, and and, it, and it's hard for me to say. Yeah, Rob is swinging this song but they're they're playing nice and loose and and there's there's some fun rhythm stuff going on it's just not locked into the metronome so maybe that's what you're picking up yeah as soon as pete starts singing it drops down to drums and just a bit of martin still picking on the acoustic guitar but it's mostly just yeah. drums yeah and it's it's mostly just like snares and, and a shaker kind of thing going on yeah. here too yeah and then the bass gets sliding in mm-hmm. and they do the whole opening is a little bit of acoustic guitar drums keep going mm-hmm. but they keep dropping in and out for the vocals yeah it's this idea pete sings something yeah and then between the spaces is when the guitars come in yeah the focus changes yeah around 48 is when i first started noticing the didgeridoo and then i started listening and like there's didge all over this song is there I had never heard didgeridoo on this song until like a week or two ago. And I still managed to not hear it. You're not going to be able to unhear it now. Give me some didge. It's not like total in your face, but it's there the whole... Well, it must not be in your no. face. It's, so I'm going to play starting at 44 here and you can just start to hear the growl underneath. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, you know. Well how, done. How appropriate for Lurich Away, too. Oh, right? yeah. So those background vocals, I think, are really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some fun bass moving around at about the one minute mark. And then again, they drop down to just the two guitars. Doo, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. Then there's these nice little fills. There's these little descending guitar lines. Do, do, do. You know, just like these little partial scales. There is something something yeah yeah those yeah. are sweet and then at 140 and 145 martin and jim each take one chord like they keep spicing it up both martin and jim show excellent restraint in their guitar playing that mm lots of guitar players could learn from i think mm-hmm. like they just trust bass and drums are holding down the rhythm yep they do not need to strum every single yeah beat out of it and in, and in these cases they just sound like they're just kind of back picking through the strings just slowly yeah. letting them all ring out yeah they'll just do all sorts of you know and then they'll go to arpeggios and they'll yeah just some chords or and then they'll join in on the rhythm strongly at times yes 
but they don't have to always keep doing it. And I think that's a mistake I will make when I have a guitar in hand and mm. other friends of mine with guitars, they feel like they just got to keep strumming, eh? Yeah. Sure. All the time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice uh, the time signature change? Was there? Yeah. Well, actually, I'm not sure if it's a time signature change or if they just throw in a couple half bars. Oh. I can play it for you and I can even count it out for you if you want to hear it. Is this also where Pete does this kind of scream? There's a scream at about 211. Yeah. Pete almost screams. Okay. Yeah. And so they're doing something with the time here. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So we can call that two six four bars or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's either two six four bars or they just kind of tack half bars onto the end of those yeah. sections there. Yeah. Nice. Pete's strangled gurgle thing. He does a scream at the beginning of it. Yeah. But then he goes, Ugh. he does this really cool thing. Of course, this is Bones' this vocal is Bones feature. Magic time! It is the golden tones. The golden tones of, of Bones. our friend Bones. Yeah, and this is what made me think of, hey, didn't we hear this in Toronto? Like I can picture looking up and seeing Bones just to my right, doing his thing there. And so I, I looked up the playlist. Oh yeah, he played this in Toronto, and then I yeah. flipped over to my Minneapolis playlist. Oh yeah, he did it in in <laughs> Minneapolis too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we got to hear Lurch Away twice this summer. We sure did. 320, there's more of that second bass groove, like like, mm. like you do when you're doing emergency bass. Okay, so you know how Robin has been teaching us all really neat bass stuff this year? One thing that I've learned from him is you can either slide up to your to the bass note that you're playing from two tones below, or sometimes you can start two tones higher and then slide down to it. So I was playing emergency bass. I don't know if... I don't think it made it into the podcast a couple weeks ago, but I got the text while we were recording that said, hey, can you play bass for me tomorrow? Yeah. And so I was playing emergency bass. Yeah. And I was, we were doing like the the quick little practice beforehand and I found myself, hey, I'm doing like the two, the two tone slide up thing that Robinson (laughs) was talking about. Oh, he'd be so pleased with me. I mean, Bones would be even more. He would. Yeah, he'd be very pleased with you. The last thing I have written down here is the two picking acoustic guitars at the end. More of the same uh, arpeggios and stuff that you were talking about earlier. And they throw an unexpected G major (gasps) chord in. How unexpected would that be? Because uh, this song is is an E major. I don't think we said. So the previous song was D major. Now we're in E major. So we're, as you, I think you mentioned before, kind of ascending, ascending, ascending. So again, we're going up a key here. Yeah, we're going up. uh, It's almost always, it's been, what was a semitone? And then it was a whole tone and now a whole tone again. And on that G major, the guitars keep holding their... It's just a strange ending, and the bass does this nice walk up. And the bass actually walks up to D, but the chord stays on G, I think. Again, the bass gets kind of like a lead yeah. moment. Yeah, I don't even know if I would have noticed that as as bass there. Basses can make higher sounding guitar <laughs> noises too. They can. 
Some of my favorite lyrics are in this song. Were you able to make a strong connection to Capricorni in this song? Not a really good one. If there are Capricorni references in this song, it's not like the whole song is a Capricornia song. Yeah. Um, it seems to be speaking about joining the dots out in Lurichaway. Away. When I, when I hear that, I'm thinking, oh, that's that, that really cool Aboriginal dot art. Maybe that's what that is. Maybe that's part of, um, what's it called, dream time, because a lot of their art has to do with that. I'm not sure. Also talks about the gasoline junkies. Yeah. So talking about some of the, the problems that, that we actually have, very similar sorts of problems uh, in Canada as well. Yeah, especially in our part of Canada. Yeah. Uh, substance abuse. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, as, as far as the southern part of Canada that connects, we're, we're in the part that's most like Capricornia as far as it being remote. As far as our Trans-Canada Highway that right. runs east to west across the country and, sure. and totally ignores most of our north, mm-hmm. we're kind of in the middle section that is the most... Uh, isolated. Isolated. And, and, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not like Queensland, like nobody's in Queensland or anything like that. Yeah. You, you can drive there. Although, actually, it's interesting you say that because this song is specifically about Lurch Away... Mm-hmm. And it opens with the lines contradicting you. Okay. There's no highway ah, to Lurch Away. Of course. There's no turnoff to Lurch Away. Yeah. So Lurch Away is not so much a destination yeah. to walk to, but a place that you get to in your soul. Uh-huh. One of those kind of things. Yeah. 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 So the Lurch are the people mm-hmm. of the Western Desert. Did you look them okay, up? Okay. No, I didn't. Yeah. So Lurcha, they're not totally sure where that name came from, but it's like for this people mm-hmm. group, and they had some guesses at how the, the name came about. You could kind of consider them a, a specific group sure. of, of Aboriginals. Uh, and I don't want to go home. Gasoline junkies dance stoned. Mm-hmm. It's better than drinking alone. Mm-hmm. This completes my responsibility to James. Oh, right. We had Do You Hear What I Hear yep. in Golden Age. We had... Daddy took the T-Bird or the V-8 away. Yeah, Beach Boys. Yep, in... Too Much Sunshine. Too Much Sunshine. And, and now we've got... We've got Piano Man. Yeah. It's better than drinking alone. Can I read the lyrics from the original? Yeah. From Lurch Away. And I don't want to go home. Gasoline junkies dance stoned. It's better than drinking alone. Okay. And here's from Billy Joel's Piano Man. And the waitress is practicing politics... As the businessmen slowly get stoned, Mm -hmm. yes, they're sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. Hmm. Yeah. And so the line, so not only does stoned come up and rhymes with alone, uh, but even that sharing, they're talking about the businessmen who surely have homes to go to, Mm -hmm. but they're not wanting to go there. Hmm. So even the, and I don't want to go home line from Lurch Away. Like it, Interesting. It, it really echoes that yeah. that verse. I'm going to be the guy who reigns on the parade. Yeah. I think that more often than not, it's not a case of borrowed lyrics. I think it's a case of similar rhymes and similar idioms that just seem to fit together and are independently cobbled together in songs. It doesn't take away from the neatness of the whole thing. Yeah, um... But I doubt that anyone was lifting a Billy Joel lyric. When you Google that, 
it's just so dominant that piano man line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, it's basically the same words, but yes, it, yeah. I just find interesting how it very is, parallel. It is neat. Yeah. So, I'm with you, James. Even if Darren isn't. <laughs> Remember, you can vote for Robin <laughs> on the Comfortable Place on the Couch listener survey at darrenfold.com slash podcasts. Okay, let me tell you before we move on, um, my favorite line from this song. Yeah. Woe begone tooth of gold. Yeah, that is a good line. When I clicked into that after I had finished reading Capricornia. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, that is, spoiler alert. Yeah. Frank McClash. And his body that was exhumed from the river, and they were able to identify him by his golden tooth. Yeah, I think so. Except why the Wobegon? Wobegon? I don't know. It's not just a, it's a bad thing. Well. Poor Frank. Apparently the Wobegon is a shark. No, that's not what they're talking about. You don't think so? Because the spelling is exactly the same. Let me take a look. I actually didn't, I was telling Robin before we started recording. Yeah. This is my, those are my lyrics from my CD case. I, I opened it up and it made that nice crisp crinkle noise because I'd never actually You've opened never the lyrics, read the lyrics. <laughs> before. Well, Darren's looking at Oh yeah. It's not woe be gone. Yeah. It's wabagon. It's like the wabagong. Yeah. It's like a carpet okay. shark. I'm totally. That's in their neighborhood. Yeah. You got but, it. But if I'm it, wrong. Well, how does a shark have a tooth of gold? Are you saying that Frank was the shark? Could he have been? Hmm. You'll have to read Capricornia yeah. and make your own decision. That's right. I'm not going to say that Darren is wrong. Like Darren says other people are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're much <laughs> kinder than I am. I don't know, but... Um, is it an internal lime that uh, yeah, Richard Pitcher... <laughs> yeah, Did I say a, lime? Yeah, I think he said lime. Is it an internal rhyme? The the richer pitcher. The rich get richer, the poor get the picture. Hey. They're coining themselves. They're ripping themselves off. Who could ever use those two words in the same song yep. without ripping each other I off? I think it's definitely an internal rhyme if they would use it even as a main rhyme in one of their songs. Empty spaces at Lurch Away. No richer one pitcher of discontent. Definitely an internal rhyme because... Because you find internal rhymes all over the place and you've been pointing them out to us. Yeah. It's like, now i am got my ears open for now them too. So I'm them. trying to play the game too. Good for you. Yeah. I didn't really think of that one. Oh, there you go. Good. I found something. Yeah, Yay. you did. Yay, lurch away. Moving on. Tone poem. Mm-hmm. There's an internal rhyme. Hey, Darren. Yeah. What is a tone poem? Tone poem is... When you take a non-musical artistic work and present it in a musical way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think another term for a tone poem is like a symphonic poem. Yes, you're yes. right. You've been Googling as well. I have been Googling. <laughs> well, that... well, I knew what a tone poem was anyway, but yeah. I did I did Google it to make sure that I wasn't thinking one of my stupid thoughts that I sometimes think. Yeah, that that's right. And I, I don't know if I had heard of symphonic I hadn't heard of symphonic lime Lime. either. Lime. (laughs) We're just going to start randomly putting the word lime in. things. Um, So yeah, tone poem in this case is in the novel. Yeah. And presenting it 
musically. Yeah. Yeah. But cheating with lyrics. It's not just tones, but it's tones and syllables. Yeah, like when a real tone poem, like you would take like a painting and you would try to express yeah. it yep. through music yep. without words, yep. typically. Now, I'm not saying Jim is actually cheating by... I'm pretty sure you just called him a dirty, rotten cheater. Oh. Telling the story of Capricornia, but without having to tell the story itself, even. It can paint the picture of the story in fun lyrics, in ways that kind of evoke the themes, even, of the novel without actually telling you the narrative of the novel. Look at me. I'm sounding all academic, and these are just words that are coming out of my (laughs) mouth without me even thinking about them first. Maybe I can just throw some of the lyrics that make me think Capricornia. Yeah. Heat wave, warm rain, talking about the environment that they're in. Oh, we can fade away or start over again. Just kind of the idea of you can go up north and disappear from your past life like some of the characters in the novel do. Or you can start a brand new life and and try to get rich and, and make your way up there. Equality's the only plea. And that's making me think of that kind of cuckoo introduction to Capricornia, where yeah. it's it's beyond just the blacks and whites and whoever can get along and we can all be friends and we can, you know, you can marry who you want to type thing. And it almost gets into the cuckoo, will create the master Australian race type thing going yeah. on there. yeah Even the whole idea, we're going to move into a new tomorrow, kind of looking forward to a better future where we're all getting along type thing. Yeah. Maybe a better way of saying the earlier thing was it would be more racial integration. Yeah. As opposed to the cuckoo master race. (laughs) (laughs) It mentions feedlots. Yeah. Thinking about the cattle ranches. Yeah. So I I see that that's kind of how they're taking those themes from the novel and and bringing it into the song. Yeah. The invisible hand Mm. shows up twice. In this song, do you know what the invisible hand is? Visible hand clutching at the throat. Statistical sham. An emperor's rags. It's sad. And where's the other one? Uh, Earlier. Oh, the Southern Cross don't shine on that invisible hand. Yeah. No, tell me. So I have to thank Rihanna for this. Taken her economics class at university. Okay. She read about the invisible hand. Yeah. And it's, I guess you'd call it a theory... This guy, I think Adam Smith. Oh, yeah, Adam Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, you know Adam Smith? Well, yeah, he like wrote the book on economics. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about the invisible hand. Mm-hmm. And it's like he says economies seem to be guided when you just kind of let them go. He's the big free market guy. Oh, yeah. 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 So he's, that's right. He's talking about free market. And it's like there's this hand that guides the economy naturally Mm -hmm. even without all those rules and regulations Mm -hmm. there's this invisible hand that just kind of makes things work good okay on their own okay so it's kind of i guess he's not really implying like this is the hand of god no no it's just just, that well yeah free markets are a good thing and here look there's this hand that guides them this invisible hand they kind of always come back to a good equilibrium they they balance themselves out they don't allow things to wander too far this way or that way they always kind of come back to a that's his idea and and you know what there may be some truth to it yeah okay but the oils are contesting the invisible hand Mm -hmm. here he's saying well, maybe that works in America, mm-hmm. but when it's the Southern Cross shining on Capricornia, mm. that doesn't work here. Interesting. Where there's, where there's maybe these inequalities. Yeah. 
And they call it out as a statistical sham the next time in yeah, the second that's thing. Right. So I think that that's point. This song is very much about inequality, yeah. about economic inequality. And we see that with like Oscar, for example, and the other wealthy white people yeah. who seem to just be wealthy because of the color of their skin. Yeah. People of color are prevented from becoming free. It's yeah. like it, it isn't a fair open Mm-hmm. playground and this invisible hand oh, yeah, I like that. does that's not great. treat everybody equally that's yeah. great yeah so, i don't like that but yeah that's yeah, good. yeah the, the observation let's talk about the muzak nice oh, phasing oh let's oh, talk about more stuff i'm sorry there's still one thing yeah overall there seems to be a real focus on environmental ruin global warming mm-hmm. i think that's a very obvious or direct mm. reference to what the the oceans rising because of global warming sure. towards the end of Could the song be, yeah or no, or do you... I don't disagree with you. I'm I just never thought of that. Where will we go when the water comes over? Where will you live? Take a big breath. You don't have to drown in sorrow, drown in sorrow. But when and the I water comes over... I wondering if that yeah. was just the wet. Do you think you know, it the is wet just season. the wet? But yeah, it could be. And the, the final line, Darren. Yeah. They're referencing a nursery rhyme. Yeah, yeah. But do you know something about the spelling? In the in the official lyric notes, the bow bow will break, the cradle will fall. fall. Okay, in the nursery rhyme, what's that about? What is the bow? I always picture the little baby up in the tree in the in yeah. the little rock and on thing. the on the bow, and what is a bow? Like a branch. A, a branch, yeah. right? B o u g h. Of course, is a branch. Yeah. This says b o w. Yeah. Now it could just be all these university graduates all. Yeah. Messing up. But yeah. it seems like a lyrical pun. Hmm. And a, a B-O-W is from a ship. And it's talking about waters. Oh, yeah. So I am wondering. That's cool. Could this be Mark and Chook's Yeah, the lugger. Ship, is it shipwreck? Maybe about their eventual yeah. one. Or like Cat, he keeps claiming that he's a, a shipwreck victim. Yeah, at, at the, the end. end yeah, right? that's right. Where he tries to take that boat away yeah from capricornia it's sinking in the bay yeah (laughs) anyway yeah very Um, good well done okay musically yeah musically such fun phasey guitars this one's in a minor so again a key change good on you oils jim was really trying to fix his past key monotony monotony yeah and he's really doing his best here um okay this is a Pete and Jim song. Did I mention that the last two songs were Rob and Jim songs? Yeah, I think because they were. So Jim starts with his phased guitar. Oh yeah, and then you got real psychedelic stuff. Yeah, nice and, little drum fill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then bass and Martin join in. I should just say Bones and Martin join in. <laughs> yeah, on their guitars, and then Jim does a long guitar solo. You know what we learned from Earth and Sun and Moon? That we should do more of this hippie crap. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> I love it. And and Jim's solo is, sounds really kind of improvised here. It, it sort of sounds like him having a jam 
almost like he would on stage yeah. during the tour. You yeah, know, it, it all... totally does sound improvised now that you mention it. And it reminds me a bit of the River Runs Red guitar the solo intro, that yeah. opens. Yeah. Also with a fairly improvised sounding jam mm-hmm. uh, that goes on and on, you know, to open the song. And when Pete starts singing, there's a bit of distortion on his voice. Mm-hmm. And of course, they drop down to bass and drums. Always a good thing to do. Yeah, that's a good way to start. And then when Pete's done his line, the guitars come in, then they drop out again so Pete can sing more. This song is really neat. And I think it's the bass that's doing a really neat rhythm kind of thing throughout the whole song. Yeah. He's got a low bit and then he goes up to a, a higher bit, but he doesn't split it. Like he doesn't do a one and two and three and four and then raise it up one and two and three and right. four. He does a one and two and three and then he raises it up on the yes. end, yeah. two and three and four. And he steps down a little bit yeah. for the end to get it back down. And so it's got this really neat low 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 high 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 low 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 high yeah, high high yeah it's kind of high. uneven and yeah. a, a little unsettling or something yeah a little yeah. bit but it's it's really neat yeah it's a cool cool groove and it, it's a little bit earth sun and moon because of the the psychedelia i agree it, mm-hmm. it's good again i'm simultaneously talking about the oils being inventive and they're doing the same tricks over and over again yeah but it does keep it fresh that they're spicing it up with this variety mm-hmm. rather than just plowing through the song all the same. There's little guitar stabs around 217. Yes. And so on. And then 239, kind of that machine gunny kind of sound. Oh, thing. yeah. That's a, that's the really cool one. Mm-hmm. Jim, you got to play that one. Yeah. Now, of course, I think that's Martin. Unfortunately, it's Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they reverse the speakers, the ears. <laughs> the ears. They reverse the ears. I, I listen to this album uh, through headphones quite a bit. Okay. Unlike most of my other album listenings. Yeah. Because I knew that you I could would be able to tell who. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so it was. It was Jim. Okay. So here's some Jim, if you choose to believe, machine gun sounding guitars. Green fields are burning, reefs on fire, and bellies are swollen. They're hurting. That just sounds so much like a guitar, eh? Or, it <laughs> that sounds so much like a gun. So much like a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, at 252, there's these choir-type synths. Okay. Did you notice the synths? They sound at like a... 252. Yeah. That's oh, where I've got Because there's a lot of stuff going on around the 250 mark that's really interesting. Okay. Because there's the nice tom groove happening there as well. Mm. And I was thinking it was a bass, but maybe it's a synth groove that's going on there. And there's a real nice, subtle harmony happening real low in the mix as well. Well, yeah, I've got these ghostly, like at 305, mm-hmm. the phasing guitar comes back in. Okay. And there's these ghostly background vocals. Let's play and we can listen to the tom groove. Is the bass doing something funky or is that probably the keyboard that we're well, hearing? Well, the, the drums and bass are doing their groove under it all. Yeah, and then we'll also listen for These the... These phasing guitars and ghostly backgrounds about 10 seconds later. Oh, well, victims, I don't think so. We won't be pinned against a wall. And what we're just getting to at that point is another really cool sound, I think, in the song. They've kind of got this 
distorted wah kind of just swells in and out throughout the rest of the song and now when i listen to the song and it gets to this part it's like oh it's that cool wow it's almost like a growling wah kind of sound i'll play a little bit of it guitar chords yeah uh with a kind of like a wah yeah kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah. it's kind of pushing through some kind of a the the filter kind of thing yeah yeah i really like it praise jim love you too martin pete really soars with the tearing up your ticket yeah line jumping ahead to like 411 there's this no 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 and the the song actually pulls off an interesting melody change yeah there for the end of the song and then this whole new ending this these yeah yeahs yeah there a guitar does it yeah and then Pete's doubling the and guitar it, basically yep and and the guitar gets nice and fuzzy there too yeah. And then that riff, that is what Pete doubles with his yeah, yeah, yeahs. That's a good song. It's a great song. We heard that in Minneapolis. Did we? We did. Oh. A crocodile cries. Neat little instrumental here. Mm-hmm. A bit of a foreshadow. Did you notice that? Okay, well, first of all, let's let's talk about A Crocodile Cries is the name of a chapter in the book. Yes. And I noticed that right away. Like when I got the book and I was scanning through the chapter titles, I noticed Crocodile Cries and I thought, oh yeah, that's that's one of the songs from Capricornia. Not cluing in at the time that that was the instrumental song from Capricornia. So when I was reading through and I was saying, okay, how does this relate yeah, it's the instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think you know that this song is referred to later. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, in the album, but we'll get to that when we do. So again, they've changed the key. Jim, thank you. C sharp minor. C sharp minor? Yeah. It's got everything. Now, here's a funny thing. Okay. Are you familiar with a song called Moonlight Sonata? If you hummed a few bars, I would probably say, yes, I know that. Is it Mozart? Is it... Moonlight Sonata Beethoven I recognize that totally It's funny that A Crocodile Cries and Moonlight Sonata Are they? Are both in C sharp minor Yeah Call that a coincidence? Both piano and actually they are really similar except i suppose you'd say rhythmically but but basically both songs have really similar bits yeah yeah okay Um, this is me raining on your parade yeah so you're saying that every song played on the piano in c sharp minor that has the same time signature (laughs) well i guess we could start by how many how, how many songs do you know? How many famous piano pieces are there in C-sharp minor, Darren? I have no clue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the guy I, to be asking about this. I'm not accusing Jim of stealing it because A Crocodile Cries is 
different enough. Didn't you call him a dirty, rotten cheat earlier? Pretty sure that was you for the second time. Okay. Saying that. I didn't say it. I was trying to put those words in your mouth. <laughs> anyway, of course, Rihanna said, oh, Moonlight Sonatas and C-Sharp Meyer, just like this. And actually, it's similar arpeggios. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's when we were waiting to find out what key A Crocodile Cries was in. Mm-hmm. And finally, Jim hits that big boom yeah. chord in yeah. the left hand. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is C-sharp minor. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but if you listen to Moonlight Sonata, Moonlight Sonata is 50 minutes and goes on, you know, lots. But it's very similar. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But not so much that I would call Jim a thief. Did Rihanna take note of the bird noises? Yeah. Because I remember, oh, what album was it? But she was, you were telling me how she was hearing like animal crying in <laughs> yeah. one of the songs. Yeah, yeah. So when I was hearing like the little twitters or whatever was going on in the song, I was thinking, oh, I wonder what Rihanna thinks that yeah. is. So it definitely sounds like birds at the beginning, but in kind of like jungle wilderness ish, yeah. yeah. right? But I think I'm also hearing like a radio oh, yeah. in there. And I looked up, you know how in North America we have CB yeah. radios, yeah. Citizens Band. Band. Yeah. So in Australia they have a, I'm not sure if it's UHF, but anyway, in Australia they have UHF mm-hmm. CB. Yeah. And I'm kind of hearing a crackling radio mm-hmm. in there as well. Trying to send those signals to you. Yeah. It's all about the signals. And then at the end of the song is a really interesting chromatic ending. Yeah. You know, yeah, the big talking. swell, yeah. Yeah. And there's some sort of whistling sound right at the end of the song. Yeah, it sort of sounds like there's the whistling. I don't know if it's the radio feedback. Okay, yeah. Well, I was thinking those were bird noises. Yeah, bird noises, yeah. Bird noises, yeah. 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 Why do you think that this is called A Crocodile Cries? Like, even reading the chapter A Crocodile Cries, I was wondering why he titled the chapter A Crocodile Cries. This is when that new clergyman kind of comes to town, and he's hanging out at Tim O'Cannon's place, and eventually... He marries Peter and Connie. He performs the wedding ceremony. He, he performs the, yes, he doesn't marry them. He performs the wedding ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just kind of this guy who's there and he, I don't think he really gets. Yeah. He's a what pretty life, clueless. Life in Capricorn is about. And at one point, I think he it does mention that he sheds a tear or something like that for the beauty of, of the land or something like that. But I just couldn't get why, like, what does a crocodile cries have to do with this? Yeah. Well, what does the phrase itself mean? Yeah. It's because... Well, it reminds croc- me of crocodile tears. And yeah. And, and what's... Was that idiom? Somebody's like pretending to be sad for you, but they're not really sad for yeah, you. Yeah. Is it like... Crocodiles can't cry anyway. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I've never known what. <laughs> They're just so emotionally frigid. Who's the crocodile in, like, Mr. Dress Up? Oh, Alligator Al. Alligator Al. Yeah. He's alligator, not a crocodile. I know the phrase, a crocodile cries, is referred to on the final song of the album. Yeah. And musically as well. Yeah. Uh, this song is quoted. Yeah. So... 
this is kind of the closest part to concept that well i mean yeah. besides the overall capricornia yeah thing this kind of ties the album together i would have thought that a crocodile cries would end side a of the vinyl version of this yeah of course because when this was released it was released on cd yeah and so there was no side a side b it was just here's the album yeah but I think Jim probably was still dreaming of vinyl and mm-hmm. thought that's a good way to end side A. Yeah. And then when we finally do get a vinyl version of it, yeah, they go and stick stupid Mosquito March as the end of side A on the vinyl release that really? just came out this year because they had to stick Say Your Prayers on oh, side B. They stuck Say Your Prayers yeah. on the vinyl version. I don't know whose fault that was, but... Did I already complain about the lack of lyrics? And anyway, I'll you say did. it again. Vinyl release. What's su- your excuse? Super expensive box What's suit. Your What's excuse? your excuse? You know what? You'd think when they're charging bar no expense type prices yeah. for this stuff, yeah. that they would just do a really awesome job on the vinyl release. And it's, it's not. I think you're a little bit late to this party. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Other people. Anyway, I'm the one suffering from it now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This would be a good place for you and I to take a break. And with that, it's time to put the CD, the half-played CD. (laughs) To snap the CD in half, put the first half away. (laughs) This is dumb. So yeah, let's take a break, Robin. And uh, we'll come back real soon with more Capricornia with the rest of Capricornia. Episode 3. On Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil podcast. Remember, show notes are online at darrenfolds.com slash podcasts. And you can contact us on the Twitters at DarrenTheFolds and at Robin Harbron. Don't forget, we've got that listener survey where Darren would love to lose. (laughs) It's all optional. You can just leave it blank and click next. (laughs) Thank you for your submission. We'll talk to you soon on Comfortable Place on the Couch of Midnight Oil podcast. For Robin Harbin, I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night.